0: can stop me. What's going on guys? My name is Al De Niro and welcome to episode 90 of the Midnight Hour. This is a really important episode, as you all know, because 90 is my last name. It's also the year I was born and it's also the year I started this podcast. So <laughs> there's a t- trifecta of, uh, of relevant of importance 90s, here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and And we are all 90s kids, everyone listening, even though yeah. some of you were born in like 2012. So, um, Good Christ. Yeah, that's definitely true as well. I looked it yeah,
1: up. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, I'm joined today... <laughs> uh, can you guess who I'm joined today by? Like, and uh, Can
1: you guess by my happy dulcet tones who yeah. I am?
0: And, and and by the title, <laughs> why we're yeah. both so happy. Yeah. I feel like this episode has just come at the proper, correct time, because, like, yeah. we both hate our lives a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I am... Uh, I am the embodiment of all that is happiness and rainbows at the moment.
0: Yeah, and also kids, if you want to know what adulthood is like, this is it. It doesn't get any better. Yeah, for you.
1: you're about to hear it. Yeah. I it's... peaked about 5 years ago.
0: <laughs> I love that uh, Loosemore's bio on Twitter is peaked intellectually in 1999. <laughs> I I definitely can relate to that and uh, I do feel in some aspects as though 1999 was the last time that I was truly happy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the, uh, the Millennium bug that killed all of our computers and put us into the Matrix really put a damper on my mood.
0: A lot of people don't understand the Millennium bug and the chaos surrounding it. And like I know, it,
1: everyone was fucking panicking.
0: Like, everyone died. Like, planes fell out of yeah. the sky. Like, it was yeah. serious.
1: Um, yeah, it was a shame, really.
0: Yeah, I mean... It but it was... had to be done. It did have to be done. We had to cull the uh, the weak. We yeah, to, cull
1: the non-belie- non-believers.
0: Yeah, we had to get those mm. people out of the herd. So um, yeah. it's the main thing is that the leader is happy with the decision that we mm-hmm. made. So um, yep. All, right.
1: all <coughs> right. This has been a happy start to a happy podcast.
0: Let's go. So we're talking about things that annoy us and mm.
1: uh,
0: that's... I, I have several things in mind, but uh, yeah. Jack's gonna go first with a with yeah. a thing that is also relevant to myself after um, the weekend that I had. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
1: Jack, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like if we actually listed off everything that annoys us in this podcast, um, we'd be here for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so we'll try and curate the list down to uh, two yeah. or three things apiece.
0: And perhaps the most annoying thing is that we're definitely going to be guilty of at least one of the things that we each choose to talk oh, yeah. about. Or at least yeah. maybe not like the overall theme, but like the things that we discuss. Like, I don't know. Uh, we're definitely like, we're definitely really annoying people, I I would mm. imagine, to, to certain people. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's that yeah. disclaimer out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so
1: this is my first one is one that I know annoys a lot of people. Um, and it really, really annoys me is like tra- tra- trains and the underground and commuting in London is just atrocious. Yeah, it's a joke. It is truly atrocious. I, and it really kicked me in the teeth recently because I've recently had to fork out for another yearly travel card just to get to my job. I've had to pay out 10% of my income to get to my job. Yeah income the that is the income that I make before tax. so that's nice. and the day after I paid out that money, that lovely chunk of money for the joys of going to and from work, I was unable to get onto a train because they hadn't put enough carriages on the train. So it was busier than usual, the like fuck? they just forgot a carriage
0: on the underground,
1: no, on the main fucking overground oh, train, wow. Jesus. It's unreal, yeah. and then the next one that I got on in twenty eight degrees Celsius weather, the radiators were on, why?
0: oh, my God, why
1: this was the day after it's like Southeastern Railway just spat in my face,
0: yeah. Um, and those motherfuckers, Southeastern Railway, they never have those radiators on in the
1: winter. Southeastern fucked me off on so many levels. I had a train that was delayed last year because the sun was at such an angle in the sky that it was blinding the drivers and they couldn't see the signals. <laughs> oh my god! My train was delayed because of sunlight.
0: You, you, like they can't like now na- they can't communicate. They've to, never
1: heard of fucking sunglasses.
0: Or phones, even, like, at the very least. Like, fair enough, right? If the driver doesn't have sunglasses, that, like, w- whatever will allow them one oversight in this instance. Surely you just ring someone, ring the command center, and be like, hey, is the signal green or red for this thing? And they'll be like, it's red, press the stop yeah. button, and then he'll do that. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it like, it's unreal. Yeah. And that's not even including... The horrors that is the tube. Like, I don't mind. Surprisingly enough, I don't mind commuting to work to work because I go at like six a.m. before the rush hour. Yeah. But coming home, I end up in the midst of the rush hour, and it's just dreadful.
0: Yeah, I was just in London uh, this this past weekend, and i I, I got into uh, Heathrow, and uh got the heatra express into uh, piccadilly station and then i I can't remember what station i was actually at because it was so early in the morning but in one of the stations i think it was piccadilly getting onto the circle line down there there's no lift or escalators right Mm. so if you've got a big suitcase that you're
1: taking it's a bitch
0: oh my god i couldn't believe it and like not only just lugging the suitcase down flights of stairs this was a 28 kilogram suitcase Mm. which is pretty heavy because I weigh about 24 kilograms (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like it's it's not only that it's that I'm holding up everybody else and it makes me feel like anxiety and self-hatred and all of these things and then like you have like people saying shit like why'd you bring that suitcase mate if you can't fucking carry it (laughs) it's like (laughs) I'm so sorry that I have this many possessions. Um, No one actually said that to me, but Mm. I know a guy who has that opinion, and he regularly says stuff on his commute, such as, why do women always carry suitcases around London when they need a man to help them carry them? And it's like, ah, give me a fuck. I was
1: going to say, that does sound like me, but that doesn't sound like me. Yeah, Yeah. Another thing that annoys me is people that commute to or not commute that like travel with like three suitcases to the airport during rush hour and it's like bro everybody knows when rush hour is yeah like sort your life out yeah (laughs) actually like go somewhere some other time than like you've got three out like an hour in the morning you've got like from six till seven maybe seven till eight in the morning where you just just don't travel like it's an hour it's one hour and then one hour in the evening Maybe two in the evening, maybe two in the morning. I like, just don't travel then. Like, if you want to get there on time, go early. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see you rushing through London Bridge, uh, like half past eight, with three suitcases because you're late for your train to get to Heathrow. Like, bro, if you're late, sort it out. <laughs> like, you, like you've got you've got bigger problems here than missing your flight. You've got like underlying issues where you're constantly late it just it, it just baffles me completely
0: when i was in heatro i was on that travelator thing and this woman like barged past me and she was like sorry late for a flight it's like that at that stage that is not really my problem like yeah. you you don't get to i mean sure if you're late for a flight like things can happen that will make you late for a flight that are beyond your control that's true yeah but don't be rude about it it's, it's 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 nobody else's fault, and like, and I I understand that she said sorry, but she hit me pretty hard, and yeah, I'm 24 kilograms. As we just discussed. <laughs> um, yeah, but the the tube and the way that it's set up, like it, it's a fantastic transport system around London, but yeah. by God, could it do with some infrastructural upgrades? Like oh, they yeah. they regularly close those lines for uh, maintenance as well. Like they do maintenance on the tube every night, as far as I know. On the yeah. lines that don't stay open yeah, late, yeah. they they close them at half eleven and they they do maintenance on them and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. there's all, all the the like newer lines are amazing. The DLR line, yep. which uh, runs around the kind of rich area, and it's it's just very fancy mm-hmm. and stuff. But the the main like the big dog of the uh, of the London Underground, like the Central line and the Northern line, like some of the stations are so yeah. grim. It's just
2: the
1: I'm convinced that the Central Line actually goes so deep into London, you circle like the outer core of yeah. Earth <laughs> because it's so fucking hot. Like I know you'd think that opening the windows and that thing traveling because they get up to like 30 mile an hour at times you think are nice but it's not it's just hot air yeah it's, it's like open it's like a constant stream of opening the oven as soon as you've bent down
0: it's so horrible. it's unreal and i'll tell you one thing right i i went to singapore twice in the last year and their underground system is absolutely phenomenal like it's yeah. without a doubt the the best transportation system i've ever used in my life um i've been to uh barcelona their underground system is is pretty damn great as mm-hmm. well um, I, I was on the Paris one but that was about 20 years ago yeah I'm imagining it's a lot better now than it even was back then yeah uh, the London tube like like I said it, it is fantastic
1: I mean it's you can vast. tell it's the oldest tube system in the world it's
0: so damn old it's decrepit
1: like, it's so bad
0: yeah it just it feels unhealthy
1: it I just, feel unhealthy getting it you can see. Like the dust and the smoke and smog in the air coming down the tube at you.
0: You absolutely can. You and
1: can... that's depressing, because I know that I'm going to die even... Actually, no, that's quite a happy thought. I'm going to die even quicker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Another so... another thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with commuting and getting the tube is people that don't understand the simplest combat, like the simplest idea of stand on the right sticking to the on right left. yeah I knew it was coming. Like, holy fuck I so I work near um the Kennington Oval so the um the cricket ground and it's getting to that part of summer where a lot of cricket's being played and they decided to release everyone from the Kennington Oval about 10 to 6 this afternoon ah oh, that's so weird. just as I was leaving work nice um and yeah apparently cricket fans have no concept of personal space or queuing or about not just standing in front of the doors when they open or what excuse me means or standing on the right or not stopping as soon as they get out of the train doors like it's unreal everything that I hate about commuting was embodied in my journey home today.
0: Have you ever been to Asia?
1: No I haven't.
0: I this isn't politically correct or based on facts or whatever, but from um, what I've observed in my time in Asia is mm. that Asians have a, a really cavalier attitude to queuing in that they don't queue. They just swarm things. And then yeah. it's, like it's, it's insane. Um, even like Singapore is a, is a very, um, I, I, it's a very, it's a kind of a culturally unique country. Um, in terms of the number of cultures they have in there and how well mm. they coexist with one another. And you can see it in the infrastructure and everything. Um, the way everything looks is a clear blend of Western capitalism and, uh, sort of Asian imperialism and stuff like that. And
2: yeah.
0: still in spite of that, <laughs> the people still don't understand how queuing works. And, yeah. um, well it is quite a civilized country i I don't know what it is. It's just the way they run past you on the way to the train the like it's it's almost like a sense of immaturity like that's what it comes off as to me but i I don't actually know what it is but um, I have seen the way they get on trains in Japan and stuff, and it's just madness. It's yeah. like they don't even understand that they don't have to be all squashed up against each other like that. Like, have you seen those videos of people getting into a carriage and they don't all fit? So the conductor on the yeah,
1: shoves them in. He
0: shoves them in until the door will close. It's horrible, man. Like
1: yeah, yeah, that is a bit how I felt today.
0: When I was living with Neff, if if I used to have to like if I was in Central London meeting a friend or whatever, going back on the tube at like any time between I'd say two o'clock on to about. 10 o'clock realistically mm. being on <laughs> being on a carriage on the central line means that you were going to be pressed up against people you're yep. gonna sweat you're gonna and like you get off and it's piss and rain and minus four but you're yeah. just sweating from being pushed up against multiple people. yeah it's, it's horrible. Unreal. it's just it's horrible like it really is just one of the most uncomfortable situations you can be in. And I think it's particularly difficult if you like your personal space or if you just, if you're not comfortable in crowds, which I would say I'm not, I just don't yeah. like groups of people. It really like, I don't know. It just makes me naturally uncomfortable. And, yeah. uh, being pressed up against people is just, it's not a good way to spend an afternoon.
1: No, it's, it's really not. And it's like, I, I, I once tweeted, uh, in my, all of my, uh, joy and joyous bounding hilarity that um, commuting to and from work fits in really well with my favourite hobby of being a fucking sardine between the hours of 9am <laughs> to 10am and 6pm to 7pm
0: yeah it is good that that's a yeah. hobby, that's quite lucky
1: huh? mm. yeah it's really fortunate <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man yeah I like yeah. And, I, and I had a relatively pleasant experience in the tube at the weekend but like I remember When I was in Brixton, it was, like, really sunny outside there on a Sunday. And, Mm. like, the carriages weren't busy or anything, but just the thought of going down those fucking escalators.
2: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Standing on the platform with what feels like someone holding a hairdryer directly into your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so grim. It's just
1: it's just it, awful, it's, isn't it?
0: It's like a stark reminder of your mortality and how fortunate you are to live in a country where the air is somewhat breathable. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It, it It's like that feeling when you're ill, like you're really under the weather mm. and, and you think to yourself either. You think to yourself as sort of a, a weird combination, an emotional combination of these two feelings. I will never be better ever again. And secondly, I do not appreciate it when I'm well. I don't appreciate what it's like to be well.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. what
0: being on the tube is like. Yeah. You don't appreciate being above
2: ground. Oh,
1: yeah, being underground. Yeah, the underground is just just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I didn't want to mention uh work because like we were saying this before we started. Obviously, everyone's job is so nuanced that the things that really annoy them are probably quite nuanced things about the job and you have to know yeah,
2: yeah.
1: everything about the job to understand it. But I will mention one phrase that was said to me by someone, uh, by my boss uh, the other day when I hadn't – I uh, my workload has increased about tenfold recently. Uh, Elle knows this. Elle is aware of how much I'm currently working. Mine um, too. Yeah, yeah, like I'm working 8:30 a.m. till 6:30 p.m. with 20 minutes of break. Um I, I eat my desk, I work in a basement. I have, I don't see the sun. Uh, it's quite fun. Um my boss used the wonderful phrase, "Being too busy isn't a good enough excuse."
2: Oh
0: my god. Oh dear. <sighs> I think Jack just exhaled his soul. Or what was I,
1: I genuinely, genuinely, that phrase, as he when he said it to me, I kind of blinked slowly and thought, "Yeah, I could kill a man." <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. There, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it.
0: I um, I I I don't wanna, I don't wanna go into work and talk about the work stuff because I don't wanna be like. Yeah, and you know when you're, you're paying out a redemption and the template isn't there and you yeah. have to add the banking back up? Man! Yeah. But, um, when, you've
1: got, when you've got four sheets of A4 and only a five-sheet stapler to staple it with <laughs> and Tim from accounting's looking at you like, what's wrong with your stapler, mate? <laughs> no.
0: Tim from Accounting is a fucking cunt We will say fuck
1: that. Fuck so far off. Um,
0: there's, there's, a thing, there's a thing that I've noticed um that I'm going to attempt to decipher here uh mm. it, it it's it's a it's a thing that annoys me that I I can't quite articulate or or even visualize or anything but i parents mm. in general when someone becomes a parent it's like a certain light behind their eyes goes out like the yeah. light that attracts normal people to things like reality or what's happening in the world and stuff like that and uh parents have this incredible ability to seemingly hear everything you're saying but not take any of it in because mm. they're too wrapped up in their own agenda like say they're saying something to you such as uh, to make an example up david bowie is the best singer ever and mm. you'll be like okay love bowie great guy Uh, huge influence, blah, 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 but there are better singers. Here is one, for example. No, 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 not as good as Bowie. And it it will go on like that. The conversation will bounce back and forth forever, and they won't listen to a single thing that you're saying because Mm -hmm. their mind is made up, and nothing can change that. And I say parents because I've noticed it mainly in parents, and I know that becoming a parent actually, from an evolutionary standpoint it trains you to actually tune out things that don't matter as much as looking after your kid and stuff like that. But anyway, um, I was sort of told off in work by a parent, not my parent, just saying this person's <laughs> parent. I was told off yeah. for doing a thing that I didn't do. Cause I wasn't even in on the day that it was done. <laughs> I was out and yeah. I was trying to explain that for the entire exchange. And like, she fucking never took that in at all like her mind had been made up she had to tell me about this thing and why i was wrong and when met with the retort of oh i wasn't in that day
2: Mm.
0: she was so unprepared and so Mm. set in her ways and the profound level of cognitive dissonance required to ignore that point just (sighs) set in and she just like no you got to look out for when you're doing this this this, this, is about oh yeah no, that wasn't me i wasn't in that day but i'll look out for it thanks yeah, just
1: I'll just people eye out pal, yeah, no yeah, worries. Sure. I
0: I know there's no way out of this other than me being wrong, so yes, I will <laughs> do the thing that you're asking of me. that's the thing that I hate is when people don't fully listen to what you're saying and yet they still hmm. attempt to craft an argument or yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. I guess you see it everywhere. Um we will talk about the current sort of political commentary landscape later on in the episode mm. maybe i'm just not in the mood for it right now no. even though i have a lot to say about it so um i will go with uh with a thing that really annoys me and it's something we've actually spoken about before jack mm. and it is co commentators not even the main commentators but yeah. specifically in football the co commentator the guy who used to be a footballer now he's mm. a pundit and it's his job to, to, while the commentator is reacting to things that happen and describing them, it's it's the, the co-commentator's job to explain why it's relevant to the game,
1: yeah.
0: um, to give a tactical insight that is unbecoming of the commentator. And I swear to God, man, the only thing I've learned from 26 years of listening to co-commentators talk about football is that footballers know nothing about football.
1: No, not a thing.
0: They haven't got a fucking clue. Do you remember the time Pelé said that Nick Barnby was going to be the next Pelé? Oh,
1: fucking Like, this, this is a guy... Mate, like, he, Pelé and Maradona, both every other week, name someone new who's going to be the next them.
0: It always That's makes it. me laugh so much when uh, Man United fans will say, Skulls is the best midfielder ever, here's why. And they'll rattle off a list of quotes from... From Skulls' peers, such as Zidane or uh, fucking, yeah. like whatever, any And don't, Lewis don't forget
1: the don't forget the old the old favorite one of uh, him and Ronaldo were in Man United training one day. Oh. Yeah, yeah. See that tree over there? Oh my he god! That. He kicked a ball at a tree. <laughs> a tree! <laughs> I Have can literally see that training ground? right now. Have you seen Man United's training ground? Seriously, if you're listening, Google it right now. It's fucking surrounded by trees. Of course he hit one. <laughs> it's in a fucking forest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I legit
0: banged my head off the table. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, man. Th- th- there's one main thing about co-commentators that if people were like, all right, look, you have to live with co-commentators. Uh, fucking... Uh, Who's Andy Townsend is going to be commentating on on every?
1: <laughs>
0: Who's the former Chelsea guy? Ray Wilkins is that his name? Mm-hmm. He's another one. He, he's he's it anyway like what they all do. Every single one of them, irrespective of where they're from in the world, they say he's done brilliant there. No,
1: nope. yeah, I was that, I was literally <laughs> thinking of the phrase yeah he's hit there well he's got down nice and low, put his body over it, really just put his leg through it in and around he just describes how to kick a football, but
0: he's done brilliant there It's not even correct. he has done brilliantly yeah
2: he's yeah. done brilliant. Like, shut up that's not a thing
1: It's just nonsensical sentences yeah, That yeah. are there to fill like the space. I wish I wish there was a an a like a button that you could press and just listen to the game sound.
0: I know, I know. I love <laughs> I the game. I don't want
1: to listen I don't want to listen to commentators. I don't care if that's fucking Michael Carrick's 35th sideways pass this game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I do not care. Yeah. Like what does that stat give to me? Like as a as a listener? So I can go and go Michael Carrick made 36 sideways passes last game.
0: It's, do you know what it is, Jack? Is So you can go on Twitter and say, wow, Michael Carrick, 100% of his sideways pass is completed in this game. Full stop. Perfection. Full stop. Oh,
1: and then all the fans. Full of... stop. Lateral. Yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> Cheers up to Joe. Thanks for that one, pal. It's uh, People
0: always say when they complain about co commentators, why don't you just watch it without the sound? Like, look, the game is shit without sound. Right? If, I, d-
1: if I wanted to sit here in silence. Yeah, <laughs> like, I wouldn't even be watching football.
0: Yeah, it's, you need the atmosphere, you need the sound that the ball makes as it rattles off the post. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you yeah. need things like that. But yeah. I don't need to hear Ray Wilkins saying, you stay on your feet, you do not go to the ground. You stay on your feet, son. This is the Champions League. Uh, we, we, yeah. You don't get away with that in Europe. You That's a great tackle in the Premier League, yeah. but you do not get out to remember on... Remember, like Claudio Bravo has been terrible. I'll, I'll preface this story with that fact. But on his debut for Man City, he f- he fumbled a cross. Mm. And uh, Gary Neville said, that is a Premier League cross. And
1: when what I was... What does when that I, even mean?
0: When I had finished projectile vomiting all over the wall, <laughs> I took a moment to tweet about it. And people replied to me saying, like, yeah, in fairness, mate, more crosses in the Premier League. It's harder for keepers on the continent to deal with that. Okay, fucking later on that day, Joe Hart in his debut for Torino completely fucked up a cross and cost him a goal. Like, oh, man.
1: And like, that's that's a Premier League cross. Like, uh, the arrogance uh, of that statement. So, by that logic, um, Man City have obviously just bought their new goalkeeper, now the most expensive goalkeeper in the world.
2: Yeah.
1: Cross it at him, because he's from (laughs) the continent. He can't fucking deal. The lad has never seen a ball come at him from the sidelines. Yeah. He's only ever seen people shoot at him from directly in front of him
0: yeah England is the right. only place where people cross yeah. a football so. Yeah,
1: England is definitely the only place with someone that bombs down the wing and crosses it in yeah. 100% <laughs> it, There's it, no, there, there is definitely no such thing as overlapping wing backs in somewhere like Italy
0: and it's, it's not even English footballers because doesn't England have like the lowest percentage of domestic players in their squad or whatever yeah. it is it, yeah, it's, it's purely like that, yeah. the influence of living in England that makes yeah. Antonio Valencia yeah. rattle a, <laughs> rifle a ball into the boxes. It's just living in England that yeah. makes him do that. Yeah,
1: it's uh, there's there's a ton about football that really annoys me. Same people, are not. I like a good statistic, but when you see things like, like in Zlatan Ibrahimovic has won 100% of the games that he's played 23 minutes and 45 (laughs) seconds in for the last three and a half years, excluding the first year. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? That means nothing. Like, why are you giving me such difficultly obscure stats? Like, I saw something the other day. Fucking how Robson-Carno has outperformed Marcus Rashford in every area this season. And they listed goals, assists... And minutes played. That's every area, according to this person. <laughs> yeah. That's literally every area. Is this player good? Played. Well, he
0: played 3,000 minutes, so I assume he's great.
1: Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, you're comparing... How, uh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: God, why? Just just why?
0: Yeah. I, one thing I really love about football fans is when they get a real siege mentality going. And not mm. to pick on Man United, like, I'm, I'm sorry for doing that. I, I've made numerous jokes about Gerrard slipping or Newcastle fans punching mm. horses. So, like, look, if you think that I'm going after your club, I fucking hate all of your clubs. Like, say, well, what are you <laughs> listening to this? Even the Celtic fans, even the Tottenham fans. Fuck you and your club. Um, for real,
1: though, was
0: that? What's that guy? His name is, like, Busby something, and his, his uh, avatar is a black-and-white Cantona thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I see him. Um, yeah.
0: He tweeted of this, but when Mourinho was uh, when Mourinho first uh, was announced as manager of United, and he was saying stuff like, um, "You know why everyone is is uh, hating on United? It's because they're scared. They made fun of us under uh, Van Hal. They pitied us under Moyes. Now they're hating us. It's because they're scared." We're a real threat again, and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just the most cringeworthy shit I have ever... Yeah, mate. We're all scared of Phil Jones and fucking fucking yeah. Daily Blind at centre-back. How many more players is he going to play out of position? I I can't fucking deal with that level of... Uh, of it, like, And it is cognitive dissonance. It's It's complete... Like, tribal bias that just makes you think things that are objectively untrue. Nobody is scared of any football team, ever. I can tell you right now, if Abramovich bought Rangers Football Club, gave them one billion, not a single cell in my body would be reacting to the idea of fear. I couldn't give a shit about (laughs) stuff like that. Fear is not the... Nobody's scared of your football club. It's football. It's a sport. We'll go to the pub. We'll shout we'll cheer but we don't feel fear in our bodies yeah. over yeah. the fact that you've signed a manager who's won things before do you know what i mean like yeah, get yeah. a grip for
1: fuck's yeah name. just just ignore ignore the fact that generally he seems to instill a poisonous attitude yeah like, in the players after about two years the fact that pushing he is them to a, their limits after winning in the second he, year like he's a
0: whining man child who yeah. complains uncontrollably about things that are uh, just his idea that the refs are against him went, well, yeah. remember that spell in the season when United got like 150 goals from an offside position in the space of two oh, games? Oh yeah. <laughs> and Mourinho was like, oh, it's it's a conspiracy against, oh God. Yeah.
1: I think my favorite thing about like <sighs> football fans and that is just I've never known or seen a group of people that beat to death means as much as football fans. Yeah, I know. Like, the word bottling, the phrase to bottle something, has lost all meaning to me. Huh, <laughs> Spurs bottled the title this year. Um, they fucking closed down the gap on Chelsea and didn't bottle anything at all. It's a testament to how good Chelsea yes. were this season. Yeah. Like, Last year, yeah, against Liverpool, against Leicester, yeah, they bottled it. But
0: and against Chelsea,
1: yeah, but this year, no. Like fucking Wenger getting another contract uh, for 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 give it up, like for, like that kind of consistency is something to be respected.
0: He's literally their most successful manager ever.
1: Yeah, it's. To keep a club with no real investment.
0: Yeah. And stadium debt.
1: Through massive stadium debt. And to have it all paid off flawlessly while maintaining a Champions League spot for twenty years, like you're having a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unreal. Like the the the, the owner runs that club like a business and people are surprised when he's happy to have consistently be fourth in the Premier League like what do you expect
0: which leads us in nicely to the other biggest problem in football against modern football you ever see that hashtag whenever i see oh, that hashtag god. i block oh
1: god person. yeah yeah it's like it's the same as it's the same as people saying that um like when when you get when you get again back to the stats when you get stats, and people are like, uh, yeah, but what about the goal scoring records before the Premier League was invented? Sky didn't invent football. And it's like, yes, but they've kept consistent records, and it's a completely different game now to when it was in 18 fucking 80. <laughs> I don't care if fucking Steve from Down the Mines was knocking in 50 a game. <laughs> like, It doesn't fucking mean anything. They were playing a formation of 1-4-4. Steve like seven from Down goalkeepers. the mines. Like, it doesn't doesn't fucking mean anything. Like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Football wasn't invented when the fucking Premier League started, but that's when the most reliable records pertaining to what modern football looks like now started to be kept.
0: Yeah. I uh, I enjoy saying that football was invented by Sky. Like I really enjoy playing that idea and it really angers some it people it makes them so mad like
1: when, a, when like Mourinho is known for putting out a team to defend like a 1-0 lead he will close that team down and they will put on you know if the team's on form and if Mourinho's planned it well they will shut that team down and put on a defensive masterclass that's a fact the Chelsea uh, game part, this season part of the bus part of the bus it's not good football it's shit football defending's a part of football fuck off yeah. It might be boring to watch, yeah. But you go out and fucking run around for 90 minutes, you fat shit.
0: But it's only boring if you're a fucking idiot. Like, it's not yeah. actually boring if you can appreciate you're for...
1: watching the defensive organisation, but chances are you're just a drunk fucking lout sat at home and thinking he's better than everyone in his armchair.
0: I can say with, like, complete honesty that the game which, where Man United beat Chelsea, mm. um like it was a great performance from man united yeah. where uh, rashford and lingard up front like lincoln really well. like that like that was an enjoyable tactical masterclass like you could see what he was doing you put herrera on hazard which i thought was hilarious yep. when i first saw it because i was like lol <laughs> but uh no it was, worked like, closed like, down. Yeah, yeah it was it was, it was great yeah. and then uh, yeah it's i i was at the game where celtic beat barcelona 2-1 mm-hmm. And Celtic had, like, minus six shots on target, and Barcelona had 477 shots on target. Yeah,
1: yeah. don't forget the 300% possession. Yeah,
0: the 300% possession. That's right. But I wasn't allowed to enjoy that victory, of course, because Celtic just Uh, defended...
1: Negative football. Uh,
0: Yeah, no, Celtic should absolutely have gone up against one of the greatest teams ever assembled, Mm. and they should absolutely have... Uh, gone with tree strikers they should have gone with a a front tree of Sean Maloney and Tony Watt (laughs) and the lads you know because like let's face it otherwise it it doesn't count as a victory so um, even though I was in the stadium when everyone around me was jumping and cheering I had my arms folded because it was a disgrace to be honest Um, the only point that I did cheer in the night was when Barcelona scored the consolation goal that they got After they got.
1: Yeah. Best goal ever scored, actually, I think that was. It was. was... Such negative football. Well, see, at
0: least they were playing football. Yeah. Whereas Celtic were not playing
1: football. Yeah, defending. Playing defendable is just, yeah.
0: What does that say about the team that couldn't win? (laughs) If Barcelona can't beat Celtic, pal, it's not because Celtic were like, yeah, we'll play defensive football. That's a known way of beating Barcelona. If that were true, everyone would do it and Barcelona would never win another game of football. But let's face it, it was a really good setup from Neil Lennon's Celtic team. And yeah. they, it's just, I, I love the bitterness in that. Like it, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, yeah definitely. That, yeah.
1: I think what a lot of people need to watch and is one of my favorite channels, actually. Um, that's football related on YouTube is, I don't know if you might, you might've heard of this channel, but Umaxit football. No,
0: nah, I haven't.
1: They do these hand drawn, um, videos, uh, you know, kind of, they're kind of fake hand drawn. Um, but, it explains a ton of tactics and stuff like that. Um, really fucking good. Really interesting. explains different roles of certain positions, why there's no um, like proper number 10s anymore, stuff like that. Um, yeah. It like explains the the role of Jesse Lingard in the Man United squad, um, kind of refuting why people that say that he shouldn't be picked because he's shit and why he shouldn't be offered a new contract. Um, all that kind of stuff. Like Really interesting stuff.
0: I I think like the average football fan knows nothing about football yeah. and, and even like the average person in the sport at the highest level doesn't seem to know a lot about football beyond what they're told by their managers but I remember I, I watched this talk from uh, Pep Guardiola it was, he, he was given like a speech at some South American university or something it was like an hour and a half long mm. and uh, I watched the whole thing it was subtitled and um his insight on the game was just mind blowing to me. Yeah, he said so many things that I, I, like, I honestly can put my hand up and say I didn't even know what he was talking about half the time. Um, his insight in the game is is like elevated far beyond your fucking. Like, whatever people think about Guardiola's Man City team and everything. I know people think, like, oh, Guardiola's not that good. He just has a team of good players. Like, pal, if you think that that's all the football is, like, I'm sorry, but you need (laughs) to put the fucking controller down and, like, have a serious examination about the sport because that's not what it is. Like, sports psychology makes up, like, what, 85% of players' performance ability and stuff like that? That's beyond, like, the actual tactics of the game. It's not about putting a battery in a toy and then pressing the on button. There's yeah. so much more to it. It's so complex. that, To be honest, the fact that we even comment on football to the extent that we do is kind of an insult to the level that like top elite coaches, the level of thinking that they put into the game. Yeah. Um, and so like I, after watching Guardiola give that talk, he was talking about why Messi was so innovative as a false nine mm-hmm. and why the false nine position should specifically be used for that formation. And, like, all of this stuff, it was amazing. And I just, after seeing that, I was like, all right, that's it. Like, I can't fucking talk about football confidently anymore and stuff like no. that. You can't, you can't be you watching You've got that football. right to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have a fucking right to. Now, obviously, you have a right to support your team or whatever. But, like, when I was at that Barcelona game, there was this fucking guy next to me. And, like, the ball would come out to Danny Alves on the right-hand side. And this guy would be like, Get Wade Celtic! Fucking pick him up, and it's like, no, don't do that. Stay in the middle because what are Barcelona gonna do? Cross the ball into Messi? Is he yeah. gonna header it into the goal? Like, no, he's not. No, like
1: he's five foot nothing. Of course yeah, he's
0: not. It's the way like Lennon set the team up to get everyone in the box because if Barcelona have to go wider, if Barcelona have to shoot from distance, they're not gonna do a whole lot to you. And that's what like he had figured out and everything. Yeah. And uh, he had like Joe Ledley running around. Joe Ledley, I, I think, may have had fewest touches for an out player but he closed down play around yeah. every single midfield player he ran the most he did an unbelievable he covered an unbelievable amount of ground and just did general like great work that yeah. is just a level to which the average footballer watch or the average football fan would watch and say this guy has done fucking nothing for the whole game sub him off give it to Clavelet yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give it <laughs> Give it season season <laughs> <laughs> the season. do you know what i said i fucking hate memes but i love me i love yeah um, no, no, no 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 that's, that's, that's one us all of, that's one of it. give it my, it's under season <laughs> that was what that was actually my favorite my favorite one is actually that's been coming up around or came up around a lot when people were getting relegated was um give enjoy it. sunderland away you cunts <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones yeah. i thoroughly enjoyed that one Especially when uh, I saw an Ajax fan after the Europa League final for replying to Man United saying, enjoy Bayern away, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: uh, Jack Brown tweeted, um, can't wait till next season when Bayern finish third in their Champions League group and get, Bar- or get Arsenal in the UEFA Cup or <laughs> the Europa League. I butchered all of that, but you got to, yeah,
1: I yeah, I understand. I understood. Uh, Don't worry.
0: Should we move on from football?
1: yeah we did quite a lengthy segment on football there actually i
0: I, fe- I really fear that whenever I talk about football I alienate a little bit more of the audience
1: yeah <laughs> so uh, we're complaining we're complaining about it though so surely the uh those that don't like football can understand our annoyance
0: yeah yeah that's true but we we complain about one of the most supported teams in our fan base and that's man United but we did actually say they did a great job against Chelsea and yeah so yeah yeah we i think it's fair to say that we hate all clubs equally
1: yeah yeah i do i do hate a lot of clubs that's true
0: it's isn't it weird to hate a football club
1: like it, it's it's so bizarre and the way like, you justify i hate, it I hate a lot of things that don't particularly make sense
0: yeah no i i do the same but i i don't think any of them puzzle me as much as the football club thing do. Like, I swear to God, if I have to see another fucking argument between two sets of Arsenal fans about Wenger, like, I think I will have to just delete my Twitter account or something. But it's like...
1: Yeah, it really... It really gets on my nerves to be honest.
0: There's something unique about their set of fans, that they behave in a certain way, that it's enough to make me view the club in a certain way. And that's strange to me. Like every club has its own sort of unique um, status or, or like their fans rather create this unique sort of team about the club. Like we know that Liverpool fans take football very, very seriously. The same with mm. Newcastle fans. These fans that come from big cities that are not the capital city, but they're traditionally working class uh, labor cities where there's one specific job for a whole group of people. You know what I mean? They seem yeah. to be a lot more passionate than the average football fan. I don't know, it's it's uh it's a very strange but Everton fans aren't like Liverpool fans and no. Sunderland fans aren't like Newcastle fans. Definitely not. It's weird. It's very weird.
1: Yeah. But um did you have anything else next on your list that you particularly hate?
0: Uh yeah. Uh, so
1: I said hate that annoys you. <laughs> straight for hate not even mild annoyance i've just jumped straight into hate i i
0: am i am being forced into a position of defending donald trump and i hate it because the guy is a fucking imbecile when it comes Mm. like i know that donald trump's a clever man there is no way he could get to the level that he's at without being clever i know he got a substantial loan of one million dollars and that that annoys people but let's face it as a businessman he's pretty astute he has historically been a very good deal maker he's been a very good risk taker like he's proven himself to be capable Mm. of making decisions that others don't to his own profit and when he gets himself into a jam he's been very very innovative in getting himself out of the jam There's a great story about how one of his casinos was going bankrupt and he had like this uh, Japanese multimillionaire. I think he was Japanese, may not have been Mm -hmm. um, visiting his casino and he won so much money and Donald Trump could not afford Mm -hmm. to pay him out because he was about to declare bankruptcy. So to save his casino, he hired a hypnotist and convinced the hypnotist to get the Japanese guy to gamble all his money back into the casino and it worked. Like that's fucking clever. That is the work of a clever man. That's
1: that's very shady.
0: Yeah, it's oh yeah, super shady. That's
1: incredibly it's, shady. It's
0: you know, it's not illegal, so what you gonna do about <laughs> it? But here's the thing. As a diplomat, as a public speaker, as a um, politician capable of seeing reason or keeping important trade routes alive or just mm. even being a guy who knows what the fuck he's talking about when it comes to politics just
1: being not a dick
0: yeah this 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 man is a
1: just some basic human interaction seems to evade him yeah he do you know
0: what this is i i've come up with this incredible analogy that Hmm. um i so i don't know how this is going to play out i think it might make a great viral video You know, Louis Walsh, the (laughs) Irish boy band entrepreneur guy. Yes. He just pumps out Irish boy bands like there is no tomorrow. And And, he pumps into them too. Yeah, pumps being the operative word for sure. (laughs) So if you watch X Factor, which I haven't done in years, but let's face it, we've all seen it at some point. That's how we formed opinions on it. So back in the day, like say Jedward are on the stage in X Factor. Louis Walsh, they'll perform. Everyone will slate them for it. Louis Walsh's analysis of their performance has no basis in music whatsoever. It's got nothing to do with music. Louis Walsh knows nothing about music. Louis Walsh is a brilliant marketer. Like He knows how to market bands. He knows Mm. what sells, things like that. Louis Walsh's analysis of their performance is like this. You were brilliant. You were up there. You were on the stage singing the song. It was great. I loved it. That's the extent of his ability to critically analyze music as an art that's all he has to give and when his acts are in the finals and like danny minoga or whatever is like oh i'm sorry like that rapping was out of time like listen john and edward everything about that was bad louis Walsh will go ah come on they were great weren't they great and he turns around and the fans are like yeah they were great Like he doesn't have any ability to defend his decisions he doesn't have any ability to like flesh out the things that he's saying, he doesn't know why he thinks what he thinks. And the reason is that he doesn't know what it is to actually know anything about music because he knows nothing about music. Yeah. Donald Trump is the exact same when it comes to politics. Like, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but there is going to come a time where a journalist is going to say to Donald Trump, Mr. President, what do you think about the Sokovia Accords? Will that be a thing that you'll be looking back on? Do you think maybe tony stark could have gotten a better deal for america <laughs> out of it and donald trump would answer would straight up answer that question like i think it's always important to look for the best deal okay for america okay america first thank you make america great yeah. again everyone would cheer and like it's, like he would never answer to it and if he was nah. ever asked about it again he would say deny it never said that yeah
1: yeah, deny, right. that he ever, deny that he ever knew someone and then yeah. shortly after say that, oh yeah, I have irrefutable proof that this person's not a Russian fucking agent or some shit.
0: So now that I've buried Donald Trump and he yeah. will resign because there's no way he's coming back from that.
1: No, no way, no way um, at
0: all. He tweeted the other day saying something to the effect of despite the hateful media kerfuffle.
1: Yeah, that was bizarre.
0: And the world lost its mind, and everyone was like, What does Kerfefefe mean? What could Kerfefefe mean? Oh, Kerfefefefe, It's blah, blah, blah. just,
1: It's just, and on- honestly, it's a what's it with a wig and fat fingers <laughs> like, on a smartphone. That's all that is.
0: But the thing that I'm annoyed at is everyone acting as if this is a really bizarre mental thing. Like, yes, yeah, sorry, it, it, it's really weird that he didn't delete the tweet, or that no one said to him, Sir, you've tweeted some gibberish, right? But everyone acting as if "kerfefe" is a weird thing. It's obviously the word coverage. Like, come on! He meant to say coverage, he misspelled it. The thing tweeted before he had finished typing and he had to put his phone back because he's the fucking president. He's going to an important meeting, he's got shit to do. He's a busy man. And everyone's like, oh, could be mean this? Like, oh, my God, you stupid, dense motherfuckers. It's not even funny anymore. None of this shit yeah. is funny anymore. The Twitter presidency isn't funny. Stop enabling him.
1: You're what? giving him the what, attention.
2: What what,
1: what, um, what really what really struck me bizarre is that in the whole lead up to the thing, I thought, you know, you saw all of his tweets and all of these tweets coming back to haunt him when he was, like, bashing Obama and stuff like that
0: there's like nothing that he isn't a hypocrite about
1: (laughs) surely if he becomes president someone will go through and curate those tweets and get rid of them yeah 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 surely when he becomes president he'll stop actually being the one tweeting and it will just become a front for it will just become a PR front because they can't let this idiot ramble on about potential security things and jeopardize his own presidency yeah, but no, like everyone around him has just gone. Yeah, just keep doing you, pal. Yeah, got us this far. I, I mean, like, I we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Um, so you just keep doing you, pal. Yeah, which it's, just strikes me as so bizarre. Like, it's not. If I was voting for someone to lead the country that I live in, I don't want someone that tweets their every thought. Yeah. I really don't.
0: I definitely don't want someone who makes up, like, a brand for a thing. Like, the failing New York Times. The failing... Oh, my God. Get over it, you child. Like, when he was criticized by BuzzFeed... Or, sorry, when BuzzFeed leaked that uh, alleged uh, dossier of Russian intel, he, he was like, BuzzFeed is a failing pile of garbage. Like, the two fucking institutions that you're labeling with the term failing have grown and grown and grown exponentially since their inception. The New York Times has the most subscribers it's ever had. And BuzzFeed, fucking, by some miracle, is also the most popular it's ever been because mm. we live in a dystopian hellscape and this is the planet we've made for ourselves. We fucking deserve Donald Trump as president for the, <laughs> the the type of society that we've created. But, like, for real, like, the way he just... The failing blah, blah, blah. He has no idea about these things. He just thinks that he knows how the world works. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, we'll repeal and replace Obamacare. Why is he doing that? He has no idea why he's doing it. He's doing it because he doesn't like Obama. He has he's to go against it,
2: everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just... And not only that he has to go against everything that Obama did, but also because probably much like why the British government are currently trying to privatise the NHS, is that there's a lot more money for him in privatising healthcare Mm. I'm not having a nationalised healthcare service.
0: Yeah, it's... I don't
1: know. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, politics can always be.
0: I know, I hate talking about it so much because I know that I'm pushing people away every single time I mention Donald Trump. Like, I, I, like yeah. the, There are so many people who listen to this podcast who like me, but hate it when I talk about politics. And yeah. not even because they think that I'm like correct and they're sick of it, but because they think that I'm wrong and like, that's fine. And I have to understand that there are people out there who for whatever reason want Trump to be president, right? Like maybe for the number of legitimate reasons for not wanting Hillary in there or, Mm. you know, whatever, like as a, as a retort to political correctness and things like that. And that's fine. But you have to acknowledge that the dude is not a competent president. Mm. And the way he has conducted himself is it sets a tone that is unbecoming of a president yeah like it's i i just i i don't know i i just i don't I, I don't like it and but anyway the 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 real thing that annoys me is the way we have to politicize everything all the time now and oh my god make it stop i'm so sick of it yeah i feel like we're becoming more and more tribal which is like really weird because
1: it's because it's getting to it's getting to the point where it doesn't matter what um like particular parties policies are what it's just a slinging match like the general election in the uk at the moment is a verbal slinging match and everybody and a lot of people have picked their sides before the any of the manifestos came out any of the debates have happened sticking their fingers in their ears and going la 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 to everything the other side says yeah
0: Uh, it's yeah yeah. it's the way that you have to be in a certain tribe to think a certain thing like the the way that you have to be absolutely against abortion but absolutely in favor of gun ownership like that that baffles me mm. or the way like you cannot be a liberal who doesn't believe in global warming like these two things like always have to go together you like these are like the underlying things that keep the party united is yeah that, i I just it's it's weird to me, and I don't really fully understand why, and uh I don't have the answers, but I am so disillusioned with the politic politicization politicization mm. of everything and everything becoming a thing that yeah. we need to argue about and go back and forth in our in our selected tribes, and it's just so boring, like I don't know,
1: yeah, it's really. Like, I've, I've stopped talking to my friends about politics because it just doesn't lead to a happy conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I see. Unlike you, I am incapable of letting things go when someone says <laughs> something that I... It's, it's not even that... It, people can disagree with me, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But it's yeah. when people say things that they don't know what they're talking about, and they say some. And, like, look, I know I've probably done that countless times on the Midnight Hour, but it's when people say stuff like... Uh, Oh yeah, well Trump is actually really good because of this thing, and I'll be like, no, that was a thing from Obama. That's nothing to yeah. do with Trump. Trump actually wants to get rid of that thing. You know what I mean? Like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's not it's not easy. Whereas I find it, so it's like I I find myself getting into into circular arguments a lot. Yeah. Um, so it, like it will literally just be if I say if I see someone that. I like disagreeing with my opinion. I don't. I don't even bother. I just let it wash over me, yeah, because I, I know I'll just get into. A, I just do not have the time or energy to get into a circular argument. Like I'm fucking sick of them.
0: Yeah, I do that with certain people. I think. Um, did you have an? I have another thing that annoys me that. I've Oh yeah, about go for before. it. Um, I I really 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 don't like it when people are like. Oh, this person's fat. They should go and exercise. Like, just... Mm. (laughs) I'm not one of those liberal snowflakes that think that, like, being morbidly obese is beautiful and that we should Mm. allow them to continue or whatever. But also, I don't think that those who are obese have some kind of extra, like, burden of expectation around them because we don't know what obesity is. Like, we don't know what causes it, and I know that that's such a ridiculous thing to say to some of you, because you'll be like, uh, it's simple, they just shovel food into their fat faces all day. It's like, that's not true. Like, if you observe the diets of overweight people, and, like, like, if you observe the diets of everybody, you'll see that some people are overweight because of hormonal, like, reasons, or, like, bone fucking diseases and stuff like that. Like, there's just really weird myriad of factors that go into making a person obese Mm. and it's not a reflection of a lazy personality or a bad person or whatever and i do think that society sort of looks down on fat people in a way that it shouldn't and in a way that is unfair because it's not as simple as they eat more than us. Like, it it is literally not as simple as that. And that's the thing that, like, nobody can actually understand. But that's the truth. There are so many studies published that prove this.
1: So I personally would disagree with you.
0: Yeah, but you're, you're going by anecdotal evidence right like your personal
1: uh, experience well i mean i mean like you know just mentioning things like um, hormonal imbalances and stuff like that. say so you take the most common one which i uh, see you see peddled around a lot is that people saying that they have a thyroid issue uh-huh. um the thyroid issue um generally makes you gain 10 to 15 pounds maximum it will like by no way make you morbidly obese um, like I think people that are morbidly obese, um, do have a, like, they have a problem. They have a, it's a, it's a mental problem. Well, I think it's not as simple as shoveling it into your food. I agree. Like shoveling food into your mouth. I agree with that. It is an addiction straight up. Um, so it's more than just stop eating because they can't, they don't seem to, they don't, they probably don't have the, like, it's the same as just saying to someone, well, oh, I'll just quit heroin cold turkey. Like, just do it. Just stop it
0: that's definitely a that is definitely a factor too it's not it's addiction like it's the way addiction works yeah it's just applied to food it is addiction and
1: like yeah
0: people can't understand that that actually plays into it too i think
1: yeah i think that um i personally would say that um morbidly obese children i think that the parents are committing child abuse because they are setting their children up for a life of mental disorder where they cannot and do not know how to eat and nourish, nourish themselves properly with correct amounts of food. Like, it is your responsibility as a parent and as an adult who's controlling a child's diet not to put them in that situation, like, providing they are otherwise healthy.
0: Um, There's a book by a guy called... I don't know how to pronounce it. Gary Taubes or it's T-A-U-B-E-S. It's called why we get fat and what to do about it. And it's not a like nutritionalist self-help book piece of bullshit. Like this guy is a scientist who has Mm. degrees in, I think three different uh, areas and um, he's spent his entire life studying um, like this particular issue, obesity um, but he, he has like several books about it like he's got one the case against sugar he's got another one called good calories bad calories i heard yeah. him talking on sam harris's podcast um making a a really interesting point that i had never even heard before but it was mm. basically saying that like the idea of it being an energy balance diet and that's how it works is that food goes in you know like you exercise blah blah blah. you the energy comes up the energy goes down like that kind of thing it's actually not true and pretty much every single study done on this shows that it's actually a hormonal issue and that the the, like the way your body um regulates insulin for example depends on the amount of carbohydrates that you eat and stuff like that so it could be in terms of calories people could be consuming the exact same amount of calories but one person could just become like literally morbidly obese from consuming the same amount of calories as someone who consumes calories that are from like low carbohydrates or you know whatever yeah
1: so yeah like i, I can't dispute that everyone's body um, reacts differently to uh certain food types like i've i i lost a fair amount of, a, a bit of weight um a uh, lot like about a year and a half ago now and i strictly controlled my calorie intake to the point where i've i've got a spreadsheet um where i weighed myself every morning and tracked uh, everything that i ate for about uh mm-hmm. three or four months uh, actually probably more like six months to be honest um and with the simple thing of um taking in less calories than my body burned To lose weight so it didn't matter what the calories were that i was eating as long as i was eating below the what my body burnt in a day then i was losing weight yeah it is at the end of the day it does come down to burn more than you consume
0: were you eating mostly protein at that time
1: uh no carbs
0: Oh really, carbs.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Most yeah. My
0: cousin like, is uh is a personal trainer and he makes diet plans for people, so like yeah. he would be able to speak to this a lot more clearer than I would. But the amount of evidence show, showing that like these are cases that not only that they're unique to each individual, but that science doesn't really have a clear-cut picture of what obesity is. Like this is an epidemic. It's not yeah. caused by like it has to be a mixture of a cultural thing which i i do believe it's cultural like i do believe there are fat people who are lazy and they just want to eat all the time um and because i'm such a liberal snowflake i would really sympathize <sighs> with those people too because i'm sure that it's caused by some other kind of addiction right like i'm a guy with a yeah, lot yeah. of vices i need these vices and i can't go without them like i you know i need whatever i need sometimes i just need to put chemicals into my body um but it's food is the exact same thing as that for a lot of people you're not going to go up to a smoker and say i suppose you would actually nowadays it's actually quite acceptable to say to a smoker you're a fucking idiot for doing that why are you doing that and all but let me tell you it's very hard to give up smoking
1: yeah yeah Um,
0: you know what's really weird is um our our perception of addiction is so skewed it's like if you do heroin once you're only something like 13 percent more likely to ever do it again yeah but if you smoke oh, once like yeah your odds of it becoming a di- like it is literally harder to give up smoking than it is to give up heroin, like statistically, like yeah, not everyone who does heroin becomes an addict. there are plenty of people who passively use heroin or recreationally use it, like it's such a difficult concept to wrap your head around, yeah, and I'm not saying go out and do heroin, I'm just saying like it's pretty good now uh, our understanding of addiction is so flawed and so it's so linear and singular and i don't know it's, it's
2: weird
1: yeah yeah the um there's actually something you'd be really interested in i don't know if i mentioned it before but a reddit user um commented about wanting to try heroin and then for the next like 6 months his comments on the site on whatever subreddits Like, really, you can see his devolution into addiction. Really? Yeah, and then back out again to sobriety, and it's so bizarre. It's really interesting. Like, it's intense. Like, this dude goes from everything to nothing and then starts to come back again. You can see it in his comments on a bloody forum.
0: I don't know if I could even bring myself to read it. There's something about even imagining heroin addiction that just makes me feel physically ill. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know I get a lot of shit from some people who are like, fuck you and your uh, PC agenda and all this shit. Like, one thing I really like about political correctness and its influence on the world is the way it's made some people just judge people less. Like... I, I don't know, like it, it's not your job to not judge people or whatever. But yeah. I've always been of the belief that if you see someone and they're a cunt or whatever, like you don't know the kind of life they've had or the kind, like even the kind of day they've had. So it's like, I don't know. I I know I'm probably one of the main offenders for like judging <laughs> someone and then commenting on it, and that's fine. But I don't know. I always feel like uh, those who get abused the most for the way they are are the ones that like need. The most defending
1: or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I I've also just seen something that has intrigued me um, while you were talking. Camera pans um,
0: to you looking at pictures of cats.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and it, like I've seen it around loads. I literally have everybody on seems like everybody on the internet has been going wild and so angry about fidget spinners.
0: What the fuck are they? I don't get it. I've I just, don't know. I've seen they're pictures like, of They're them. like
1: little. Th- they look like fucking little three armed things, and they just spin about, and you hold them on your finger. I don't understand it.
0: So, are they like what are they on a scale of one to like a Beyblade or a Pog? What What are these things in terms of their cultural impact right
1: now? Pog to Beyblade, they're probably closer to Pog. Like they spin like Beyblades, but they're flat like pogs but they kind of have three prongs like a the isle of man flag but not legs <laughs>
0: yeah i've i've seen them i've just i've never um, seen them in motion I, I don't yeah i don't know so the thing
1: do. the thing that i've seen is that southampton are taking pre-orders southampton football club are taking pre-orders for southampton fidget spinners i just don't understand why. Like, everybody that I see talking about them seems to absolutely hate them. Yeah, people are <laughs> like, so angry. real, real <laughs> anger. And it's like, I couldn't give less of a shit.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't give a fuck about this. I, like, if they make people happy, fine. Jesus. <laughs>
1: yeah, whatever. But another thing, and I've just, we've just, um, we've just said it, but people that get couldn't give less of a shit wrong when people say i could give i could give less of a shit trying to when they're trying to say i couldn't give less of a shit
0: okay i know why they do it
1: I, because there's the fucking dumb
0: <laughs> <laughs> no this is why it's an american thing um uh,
1: of it, course it is it
0: comes from i could care less right so the idea
1: here
0: is the idea is like Here's a thing that, uh, that literally doesn't matter to you. And someone says it to you like fucking Green Day are playing in your back garden. And you go, <sighs> I could care less. It's sarcasm. It's what they're saying is, oh, I could actually care less about that. Like, they're sarcastically implying that they have an ability to care less about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> So yeah, I don't agree with it because it does sound really fucking stupid, but that's what it is. It's a sarcastic Dear Lord. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Like,
1: I've only see I've only ever heard it in the context of someone being serious and meaning to say I couldn't care less.
0: Yeah, I know. That like that's what which, they all mean to say, but it just I don't know But how they just
1: it... missed the point of like the, the, the sarcasm bit. Yeah. Dear but... Lord.
0: I just want to go and close my curtains in case Green Bay are actually playing in the backyard. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's why that is.
1: Ah. Well, I mean, if you do say could care less or like could of, it's it's have
0: first and fourth most.
1: Uh, like there is no excuse for not knowing the basics of your own language. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're and your like bruh. Beyond
0: like dyslexia. I, I have two friends who are dyslexic and I feel really bad for them when I see them like trying to form a sentence. And then like a lot of my friends are like, Oh you returned and it's like you don't understand that for a dyslexic person yeah. words do not look like words. It's yeah. not that they're yeah, like fucking... fine
1: fine if you have dyslexia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you don't
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of (laughs) there are a lot of grammatical errors that people (laughs) run into when typing things on the internet. Um, I'm sure I'm guilty of some of that. I never capitalize my sentences on Twitter, but you know, get over it. (laughs) But yeah, the your and your thing that gets me every time.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know why it gets me so much either, but it just does. Well,
0: what it get what gets me right is I got this email from my boss one day. This was like seven years ago, uh, old mm-hmm. old old boss, and she was like, "Just make sure that you do your payments when you're or before you're going for lunch, right?" And she used Y-O-U-R you are for both of them, and I just couldn't get how. You have used a word in two different contexts, and you don't understand that that requires a change in the spelling. Like, I just... I couldn't fucking... Like, what I wanted to do was be like, listen...
1: Just grab her by the shoulders and shake.
0: No, it's not even that in anger. Just So, you know the way there's a word, Y-O-U, apostrophe-R-E, yeah? Yeah. And you know the way there's two contexts for your... So listen... Why have you just put one in here for the two... Like, what was going through your fucking head when you wrote that email? And uh, I realize that it's kind of a high standard... And there's no way of not sounding like a snob when you say it... But I genuinely can't get how it can happen. Like, I mean, I I know, like, I have spelled there the wrong way... The odd time on Skype... But I'll correct that shit straight away... Like, after I read that... You know, like, sometimes you get distracted when you're writing something... like Like, that'll happen but you'll recognize your mistake and fix it i just don't i don't facebook statuses people who will say like they're getting engaged on facebook statuses and they'll mm. spell something wrong on that and they'll leave it there forever and that will be the like and that'll
1: be the thing that pops up in seven years time yeah. when you're on this day uh yeah congratulations on your enragement <laughs> uh, sort it out
0: yeah it's pretty horrible um it's it's something you learn like it's like a fundamental piece of your like syntax in your learning and your development like it's I don't get how people mess it up from there how yeah. do you go wrong from there
1: like uh, yeah it's something you should have learnt as a child
0: should of <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah that's mm. the one that gets me the most, because, like, how does that even make sense in their head? <laughs> should have done that. Like, what does the of mean there? Like, how are you not getting... Like, how do you've you not... not you have tie... not even...
1: you barely even abbreviated.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it hurts. Like, <laughs> Oh, we're so, such snobs. Yeah. I, I, have, I have one more thing. Okay. So, I have recently started watching Iron Fist. I'm on episode two. Hmm. Now, uh, I did a Google search last night, but um, the answer surprised me a little bit, I won't lie, but I will ask you the question. In a rough estimation, how many ninjas would you say there are active in the world right now?
1: Active ninjas? Yeah. 2,364. So the answer is zero. Oh, shit.
0: Now... The people who write the Marvel comics, I understand it's fiction, it's fantasy, like they have a big green guy and they've got a literal god of thunder with an, with a hammer that only he can like, all right, let's forget all of that for a moment because Iron Fist and Daredevil, these are the gritty real world interpretations of the, this is, Daredevil is a, a blind man whose superpower is not being blind and Iron Fist is a guy who does stuff and has a strong fist. Yeah. So, fine, I'm on board with that. But they (laughs) seem to think that there are roughly 500,000 ninjas who are operating out of New York City.
1: Out of New York City. And I
0: just don't understand why there's so many fucking ninjas.
1: (laughs) That is... I thought there were less than that worldwide, and they're saying there's double that in New York alone. Exactly! That's a lot of ninjas. It is so many ninjas!
0: There's just not Lord. that many ninjas in the world. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's probably a Wilson Fisk in the world. There's,
2: yeah.
0: Like, there's there's probably... You could make a case for there being a Matt Murdock in the world. There's yeah. probably a lawyer who can kick the shit out of you and cycle a BMX down a half-pipe. Yeah. You know, like, there's probably, there's probably yeah, like yeah. A, a Daredevil guy out there. Whatever. That's fine. Iron Fist. there's probably a guy with a ludicrously strong punch, even though he's not really that big and uh, his moustache doesn't connect to his beard. But that's fine. These things exist. But there's just not that many ninjas going around. No.
1: Like, I went for, like, 2,000-odd, because Um. I thought, uh, it'll be something that you have to train for for, like, 30 years, and there'll just be, like, a covenant or two of them somewhere in Japan.
0: Perfectly reasonable. Uh, The number in my head was around that amount as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I figured they'd all be, like, old Japanese guys, and then there'd be one or two... Westerners that had gone over and trained for thirty years at the beginning weren't accepted at all but are now the best also one out of
0: all of them ninjas <laughs> like yeah, Tom Cruise the last samurai
1: but five thousand like I ninjas have if ninjas existed, if there were active ninjas, they'd have high standards yes fact, like that's a that's an out and out fact and
0: they definitely wouldn't get the shit kicked out of them by a blind man exactly and I know his superpower is not being blind. Yeah. still it's i
1: have the superpower of four senses yeah that's <laughs>
0: but his superpower is that he's not blind even though he's blind it makes no fucking sense there's yeah. like a, an, an episode of that where it's the first season of daredevil i think it's called world oh. on fire
1: yeah and, and the world uh... is literally on fire yeah
0: like but like he sees like he sees everything it's just got a little bit of a fiery filter around it <laughs> Phenomenal series. I theory, I, though, the I,
1: first I, I interpreted that as that he was hearing everything. Yeah, yeah. the the what looked like fire was actually like sound waves bouncing off of things. I think you're it right. just looks like the world's on fire. It
0: does look like the world's on fire, and that's what he says when Foggy is like, "Can you? Can, are you really blind? Can you? What do you actually see when you look out of those eyes?" And Matt Murdock is like, "A world on fire." Yeah, a really world. good foggy yeah. impression by me. So yeah. by me, a man who has not seen an episode of Daredevil in about two years. <laughs> what a show! The first season of that was great, and the second I, was horrible.
1: I, I I barely watched the second season.
0: It wasn't that great, but the uh, what's her name Electra was unreal.
1: I might have to watch it again or try anyway.
0: I'd recommend it just for Electra.
1: I currently I currently am like. House of Cards Season 5 is currently top of my list.
0: Um, I... Yeah, I'm on, like, Episode 5 of the very first season and have been for the last oh. two years. Uh, just oh, yeah. Like, I want to watch it, but... It's it's exhausting sometimes because <laughs> it reminds me of politics. I saw a really, really good tweet that was like, uh... What's, what's the fucking... Frank Underwood in House of Cards goes into a Chipotle, and the guy is like, uh, brown rice or fried rice? And Frank turns to the camera and goes, the rice <laughs> is irrelevant, but I'll play his game for now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, God. I love the cutaways in that like, show. It's brilliant. It's so, like, fantastic. Just And it's like, there's I think it, it's a couple of seasons in and I'll try not to give anything away, but they're oh. like, he ha- Frank hasn't spoken to the camera for a while. Like he hasn't broken the fourth wall in a while, and then suddenly he does it, and literally everyone I've spoken to was just like, "Oh God, I forgot what that felt like." <laughs> oh God, I forgot it when he did that. Oh God, yeah, that's the stuff. And it's like, <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, it is really, really good. It's it's and it's weird because it's like I feel like that's the only show where that technique would work.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the few actors that could pull that off.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have anything else to complain about?
1: Just, just briefly on the House of Cards, I do not have free time. I miss free time. Yeah. Cherish man. it while it lasts. Yeah. I totally. If you're at uni and stuff, oh my god, I miss free. I remember when I used to think nine to three p.m. school days were a long day.
0: They were a fucking but... long day though.
1: Uh, but but you got break. You got two breaks a day, no matter what.
0: Yeah, but like, you had to wear a uniform.
1: You'll probably have to wear a uniform when you go to work anyway.
0: I don't have to wear a uniform in my work. I don't
1: have to wear a uniform, but a lot of people do. We live
0: the dream. Let's face it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I live the dream in a basement, getting twenty minutes of sunlight a day.
0: Yeah. If a I I dream. Mean, here's here's a fucking thing that I hate. <laughs> is when you complain about your life and someone goes, well, at least you're not a starving kid in Africa. And you're like, well, that's true because, of course, all happiness only counts when it is measured against yeah. the unhappiness of another person. Because yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what a always I, I always,
1: society I always forgot like. that I, uh, my feelings were invalid as, as long as there's someone out there suffering what is comparatively more than I am. Imagine, I always forgot that completely invalidates my feelings. Imagine how utterly depressed sure you
0: would be if you were to consider that before you did anything ever
1: <laughs> like
0: imagine how like you I, would just I, might, be crying I might go out. all the time
1: i might go out for a run oh but there's people that are a lot better at running than me might as well not bother oh i might go out and hang out with my friends uh, but the people probably having more fun with other friends uh, might as well not bother oh, i might have a nap uh there's probably someone in a coma i uh, might not bother
0: I might ruin the world, uh, but Donald Trump exists.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but Hitler did a pretty solid job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great fun, that would. Was... Oh, I might have this Coca-Cola, but I mean, you know, it's not like it's got cocaine in it anymore. No, I might as well not bother.
0: <laughs> Every Coke <laughs> that I drink has cocaine in it. Oh, yeah. Just kidding, I don't drink cocaine. Um, there's a thing I wanted to say as well, that is, is just lazy opinions that people have where it's like they hear a thing and then they go oh that's because of this like oh the sun has been involved in a scandal oh they did it for publicity matt damon is in a is in a chinese movie oh they're whitewashing it like Crap. stop it but here's the thing matt damon was in the movie the martian right which was mm. a smash hit in China, because they did everything they could to shoehorn the Chinese into Oh yeah,
1: movie. Oh yeah, really and shoehorned it, it.
0: And it was obvious, and to be honest, kind of ruined the movie for me. But because of that, Matt Damon is a big fucking deal in China. And Hollywood is starting to move into the Chinese box office because it's got that bling, bling, dollar, dollar. So who are they going to fucking start that with? Matt Damon. So fuck off with your whitewashing bullshit. (laughs) Like, look, I think that whitewashing does exist. It is bad. I don't think Tom Cruise should have been the last samurai. For starters, the fucking sword is bigger than him. But Matt Damon being in this Chinese movie about the Great Wall, which also contains dragons, (laughs) is not an example of whitewashing. I, I
1: I think the only thing I have to say about that film is... The CGI looked so bad.
0: Yeah, but I think the CGI in Jurassic World looked terrible in the trailers too. But then in the actual movie, like they mm-hmm. touched it up in time. So yeah, I don't know. I I will probably watch it because I just love dragons I'll watch anything with dragons in them. Yeah. Um, so.
1: One one other thing on um, I feel like this this is way too good of a thing. So, if you've seen the trailer for Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, you will know that it ends with a song. You're that speaking isn't... to a very
0: large audience of people here who've seen yeah. the trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah. You will know that it doesn't end with a particularly fitting song for the trailer. And there is a wonderful, wonderful man who has taken that and memed the shit out of it. Uh, replacing the song at the end of the trailer with various different, also unfitting songs. That get more and more hilarious. Nice. Every single time. Fine and on it's board absolutely that. wonderful.
0: I love a meme that I can participate in.
1: <laughs> so have a look on my Twitter. I'll tweet it out. And you can treat yourself to watching every single one of them.
0: Jack's Twitter will be linked in the description. Yeah. And if you can't see it, if, if I somehow forget to do it, it is... J A C K X C I I I Yep. The I I I's are there for I I I that's I-I-I. a weird twitter.
1: <laughs> I'll have you know friend that it's actually just my name and then 93 in Roman numerals.
0: Oh, that's pretty sick. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> nice. Well done. It reminds me Thanks. of Final Fantasy too, which is pretty great.
1: Yeah. It was a, uh, it's a, it's a far cry from uh, Swagasaurus. So.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of glad I don't have to say that out loud anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, me like changing it to that started as a joke and then it stuck because someone took the old Twitter name that I had before that. Ah. Uh... So then it, I just committed to it for a long while and then I thought of oh, this one.
0: Do you remember the time you beca- you became Spanish Jack on Twitter and you only oh, always- <laughs> what the. <clears throat>
1: I spent about a week (laughs) tweeting in Spanish
0: that was so weird and you even did like the upside down exclamation mark
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey man if I'm going to commit to a joke I'm going to commit to it wholeheartedly
0: oh you really do deserve a much wider audience for this shit (laughs) I think we both do that's back when
1: that's back when I was funny I think the last thing that I tweeted was incredibly mundane
0: yeah your tweets are very like just factual now
1: Oh no! My last, my last two tweets before this one, um, I was drunk at a pub and I was chatting with some of the guys that I play five-a-side football with, and we've never won a game, and we've played about twenty games. We're really bad, um, and I, uh, I, 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 tweeted twice to uh, call out the side men, telling them that we're shit. We went to school with them, and that we're probably better than them, and we'll beat them in five-a-side. They never replied. <laughs> <sighs>
0: They're legit friends of yours though, right?
1: They, yeah, they were. Yeah, I went to school with them.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, quite a few of them follow me on Twitter, and like I've met them in person and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still pretty sure that they have no idea who I am.
1: <laughs> pretty sure they have no idea who I am anymore either. I tell
0: That's you what... one thing, right? Something that broke my heart was, uh, you know, Chris Trout. Mm. I saw I've met him twice, and yeah. I, I think he is a really fucking cool guy, and uh, I hung out with him and Shifty a fair bit in London um, yeah. at one of those expo event things, and I thought I got along really well with Trout, and he followed me on Twitter, and I had been following mm-hmm. him anyway, and uh, he follows like I don't know 1300 people, something like yeah, that, yeah. and he fucking unfollowed me, <laughs> and I was like the like I was just like. This is going to be really awkward if we ever meet again, but also, like, you follow so many people, why not just do the decent thing? How did you even
1: notice? Yeah, because
0: I, I, oh, you mean how did he notice?
1: Yeah, how did he even notice that you'd, you would, like, he was still following you, like, surely he just gets lost.
0: Well, I want to know why he unfollowed me.
1: (laughs) We should start a campaign. No. We should start a hashtag
0: fucking hate when people get unfollowed and then they passively bitch about it to their followers to get them to do something. My
1: favourite thing is you can tell how petty someone is because once a week, Twitter automatically tweets saying, five people unfollowed me and seven people followed me. Yeah, (laughs) That's how you know someone is petty.
0: I love it when it says you have lost one follower and gained zero followers.
1: (laughs) Someone took time out of there to go... Nah, yeah. not for me. Yeah,
0: not for me, Clive. <laughs> for real though, if any of you fucking tweet Chris Trout and ask him why he unfollowed me, you're getting blocked. Because I fucking hate that petty, passive shit. I actually don't care that he unfollowed me. I just, I just would kind of like to know. Why. Um,
1: yeah, I'm just, I'm just nosy in the way that I'd quite like to know why.
0: Yeah, like I've met him twice. We got along really well. Like I wonder what's the thing I did where he was like, ah, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs>
1: All he ever yeah, just, tweets about is being dead. <laughs> <laughs> just one tweet, and he was like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. Right. Just holding yeah. up his hand, sat alone in his bedroom.
0: I do often wonder, like, like, I'm quite inoffensive. on Well, maybe I'm not. I don't know. I actually don't know what it is, what it must be like to follow me. But um, there you go. If If I don't like people on Twitter, I generally just mute them, so...
1: Yeah, Yeah, but then again, I can't really say much. I have 63 friends on Facebook, so... Do you? Yeah.
0: Jesus.
1: My mate pointed out... Oh, 68, actually. It's more than I thought. Wow, nice. Um, Yeah, my mate pointed out, and I I like my mate's take on things, he only has people on Facebook that he'd hang out with one-on-one. Yeah. So
0: that's
1: That's the rule I've gone with as well. 68 people.
0: I have 288.
1: That's a lot of people you'd hang out with one on one. Yeah,
0: I when I first made Facebook, my Facebook ac- hello, <coughs> my <laughs> Facebook account was just my first name because you didn't have to have two names at the time because I made oh, my Facebook back in back in the day. day. And um, because of that, I would come up first in any search. Oh God! Like on names and stuff, so a bunch yeah, of yeah. Asians added me because they wanted like a pen pal for the digital era. Oh, wow. Um, so I have a whole bunch of Asian friends that I've never met <laughs> before.
1: So That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is pretty weird. But then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of people on there that I would just like to keep in touch with just in case. Mm. You know, Got a lot of people out there who owe me favors, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> I, on the other hand, do not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, what I gather from you is that you don't like people... <laughs>
1: No, I I enjoy, I have my core group of three friends, maybe four actually, and that's me, I'm good.
0: That's what it's all about. And then every now and then I come over and we hang out.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, it's fun.
0: We're well overdue for one of those, by the way. Yeah,
1: that's why you're still a friend of mine on Facebook, because I would hang out with you one-on-one. Yeah. Like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, when I got into London, my first thought after I got out of the fucking underground was, I actually like London. And uh, I was like, I definitely need to come back here. Despite and, uh, the
1: misery that I've just experienced. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad place.
0: Yeah. So I was like, hey, I need to hang out with Jack next time I'm in London. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we should arrange that sometime. Maybe yeah. towards the end of the summer we can have like a Saturday. Yeah. we get fucked up, go to a casino, lose all our money.
1: I like the sound of that. Yeah. I enjoy losing money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we both did a pretty good job at it. When oh, we, God. When we went to the casino that time. But, uh, yeah.
1: Never gamble, kids. It's just a bad idea.
0: She, the the one who was with us that night, she actually unfollowed me on Twitter as well.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't blame her. We have nothing in common. But...
1: No. So. No. Who um, knows who still follows me on Twitter. I don't know why anyone would.
0: Well, you've always got to see people.
1: That's true. Fact.
0: So, will we leave it there? Yeah. This hasn't been about the topic for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Alright. Godspeed, listeners. Thanks for you know 90 episodes of this shit and. Uh, I can help. Ten more to go before we reach 100 and end the podcast forever. Yeah. So look forward. We'll to end
1: that. on it. We'll end on a low note. Yeah. Just definitely. sum up our lives.
0: Yeah, the last episode's gonna be <laughs> six minutes long. <laughs> and no, it's uh, just
1: gonna be me crying the entire yeah. episode.
0: Yeah. And I might also shed a tear. Yeah. So there you have it. Turns out it was things that annoy us all along. Sometimes
2: I feel like maybe I was wrong You You were the one for me I feel like Guest mix on OVO Sound Radio, episode 30.